on this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Layman, presented by Riverwind Casino. OU stuff, we talk about where some Sooners went in the NFL draft in the National College Football Roundup. We talk about Alabama's QB situation and what Deion Sanders has done there at Colorado. And we finish up with our winners and losers of the weekend. Please download and subscribe to the podcast. Rate it five stars and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right. Our man, Michael Hostie, will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Monday, May 1st, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Layman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and there are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful, award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack, Blackjack Match Roulette, and Teddy's favorite, Craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And to learn more about their gaming promotions and entertainment options in the month of May, all you got to do is visit Riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Now recording this Sunday afternoon. Please leave us a five-star review and a nice comment. Ted Lehman, how we doing, buddy? Fantastic. I'm doing great. How are you and family doing? Family is good. Ikerd party of four, uh, officially. <laughs> yeah, it's it's different, man. I don't want to spend too much time on it. I know people listen to this podcast uh, for for the football content, the sports content. But yeah. Uh, little guy wasn't so little. <laughs> yeah, you think? Came out nine nine pounds eight ounces, twenty three inches long, and we were like, "Whoa, okay, okay, That's big guy, crazy, huge, a, That's a cool. very large baby." But uh, do want to say thank you to the tremendous staff there at Mercy Hospital. Uh, just took amazing care of my wife and my son, and took good care of me ted so i mean <laughs> i saw your uh your nice digs there next to the the bed yeah i had the i had the the like classic uh chair right and then when we moved into the recovery room so if you haven't had a kid out there like you do not stay in the same room the whole time or at least that's not how it has gone down for us the two times we have had children you there's like a labor and delivery room and then they move you to a recovery room in the recovery rooms where you get the bigger couch where you can sleep on. And I, my setup was pretty solid, but I, the chair in the labor and delivery room, I was, I was very comfortable the whole time. Yeah. Well, comfort is key. Um, typically not your comfort, but if you can find it somewhere, that's a big bonus. Yeah, no, it's great. And that it, things are going well so that's far. Awesome. So good. Uh, little guy, very frequent pooper, very yeah. frequent pooper. So we are, uh, 
we're working through that, but he, he seems to be thriving. So we're good, man. Thanks for asking. Awesome. That is awesome. I, I'm sure things will get a little more challenging as we move forward, but so far so good. <laughs> Let's talk about some OU football. And before we talk about the five guys who got drafted, a few roster updates. The the spring portal window window closes today. So maybe we end up getting some more news uh, tonight or tomorrow that more guys have entered the portal. But so far, I mean, so far, really not many guys for Oklahoma have jumped in. And just a reminder, the portal closing, the portal window closes today. But that just means you have to have your name in the portal by today. It, it doesn't mean that you have to pick a school yet or where you're going. You just have to have your name in there if you want to have it in there. And right now, what, Corey Roberson, Jamarian Burt, and Damon Harmon, those are the three names. We talked about Jaden Davis uh, last week. Any surprises, Ted, right? It doesn't not, – not to – not to say that those guys, especially a guy like DeMond Harmon, couldn't have contributed, but I, I wouldn't say those are significant losses. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, I uh, I can't say that I was I was necessarily shocked or or really surprised. I figured there was going to be a little bit of post spring attrition. You I mean that's just that's college football these days, and um, of the guys that. You know, losing Corey Roberson off the defensive line, it's a spot where we're thin. Hopefully we're able to to maybe add add a guy in the rotation here late in the portal. Don't know. But, um, you know, Harmon is, to me, the guy that was really in a, a pretty good position, was competing, was out there uh, making plays in the in the rotation. So um, I, not a big shock. I think those guys will catch on somewhere. But, uh, you know, Really, in the secondary, I feel like we're so deep in the secondary right now that, uh, again, not to say that it doesn't matter, but we should be able to absorb that pretty, pretty effectively. Yeah, when when you think about the safety position, you know, with Billy Bowman having one of those spots locked up, and then you you just have guys that are, you know, more physically gifted than Damon Harmon back right. there. Uh, when, when you're talking about Reggie Pearson and the way that he's looked throughout the spring, Key Lawrence, just the way he's built physically, a five-star freshman Peyton Bowen, a Spears Jennings when he gets back from the shoulder, right? Harmon is, you know, and he started some games last year, but Harmon is just not, he doesn't have the, the measurables that those guys have, right? right? Kind of a slider guy. That's not saying he can't play. But it just seems like when you look at that safety position, even when they go to their three safety stuff, you you look at it, he's probably at best the fifth safety. And and, and you're hoping some other young guys kind of were going to surpass him that have that better measurables. So I, I completely understand him jumping in the portal. I think it, it makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, it, it does. That's it's it's not a good thing that he jumps in the portal, but it's a good thing that we have such depth there that we can uh, overcome losing somebody like that. I, 
It's crazy. I can't think of the last time we've been this deep in the secondary at, at really corner and safety throw cheetah in there if you want, but um, we're in a really good spot back there right now. That's, and, and that's a good thing. Yeah. All right. So those are, those are the guys going out as of this recording, right? Roberson, Burt, Harmon, and, and Jaden Davis coming in so far. One guy that can absolutely fly. Brennan Thompson. And it feels like it should be illegal, maybe a strong word. It kind of feels like it should be illegal, though, to go from Texas to Oklahoma. But hey, that's just that's college football now, right? So he is transferring from Texas to OU. Ted, this is a guy, it's it's all about speed, man. I know some people see the size, 5'10, 168, right? Not a big dude. But anybody that has clocked a 10 one 800 meter in their lifetime, Whew. that is blazing fast. Yeah, it's not a very long list of people that have done that. Um, that's incredible. Yeah, great speed. Um, I think it was a four-star. And I think a lot of people have looked at, well, he didn't do anything at Texas. He was there one year. He was not an early arrival. He didn't show up until, um, I guess, the summer or fall camp. Um, you know, it's, they're pretty stacked at wide receiver. Right. And then he ran track and didn't participate in, in spring ball, I believe this, this last go round. So I, you know, I, I'm not going to draw anything about what he will or won't be based off of his time at Texas. Just know that he was a highly recruited kid. He's got a ton of speed. Um, but again, you know, and this isn't anything negative about him. It's just kind of the spot that we're in a lot of talent adding more talent but no production right that's that's still the thing that we're going to have to it's going to be a prove it situation for pretty much everyone in that room yeah talented but unproven right mm-hmm. uh, i mean that's just that's just the case with Brendan Thompson but give me all the vertical threats we can get yes I do agree. i do i wish he was 62 absolutely I do, but when you think about Marvin Mims moving on, right, and the hole that is left when it comes to stretching the field for this offense, right, we've talked a lot about what Andrell Anthony can bring, right, and he's got speed, but you can't just have one of those guys, right? No. Like you, you got to have, you got to have multiple, and if all Brendan Thompson does is come in and take the top off of defenses and make him, even if he just is making them feel threatened by the deep ball, like that affects the run game so much. And the way that defenses have to play you when a guy like that is on the field. Yeah. I, I'm going to, I'm not going to throw a party until I see the guy catch some passes and crimson and cream, but it is a good thing to get a guy that can run this fast. Right. And we'll, and we'll see, We'll see what Lebby and Emmett Jones, uh, what they're able to do with them. You know, so just a brief look inside the window. As as teams' offenses are always, you know, they're running different personnel in and out. There's someone up in the box. Um, let's say there's uh, one tight end, one running back, and three wide receivers that are out on the field. They know the personnel grouping, right? If one receiver goes out and a new receiver comes in, no change, right? If 
a tight end goes out and a receiver comes in, we've got to change now, right? Now we've got four wide and a running back. So uh, a lot of times it's just what position do they play and are they coming in and out, right? You have to have a plan for 10-1. When 10-1 jogs onto the field and another receiver jogs off, like it's not just a one wide receiver in another wide receiver out. It 10-1 speed is defensive coordinator like has a highlighter on his sheet. Like when this guy guy's in the game, we have to change some things that we do. That's what I really like about this spot is, you know, it's that's not just speed. That is elite world-class speed and you better have a plan for it so that'll that'll change the picture for what teams do defensively against us yeah so it's going to be interesting to see hey if brennan thompson is a factor right away right he's got to come in he's got to learn the system but i think levy will figure some way out some ways out to get a guy that fast on the field like just a simple package of hey this is what you do on these plays we're going to put you in motion, right? They did a lot of that with Mims, mm-hmm. right? To to not put him in spots where he's got to get off press or anything like that. You don't see nearly as much of that in college as you do as you do in the NFL, but they're going to move this guy all around. And you think about all of the speed sweeps that they like to hand. This dude can get around the corner, man. I mean, yeah. you can get him the football in some pretty easy ways. It's not it's not rocket science when a guy is this fast. No, you, you, uh, you try and figure out a way to get other guys involved in the offense. And with a guy like that, it's not hard. Get him moving and get the ball to him, right? If you're handing it to him and he's going lateral, fine. If he's going vertical and you're throwing it to him, fine. Just do what you're here to do. And that's run. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's talk about the five guys, uh, five former Sooners that got drafted this weekend. Let's start with the, with the first rounder, Ted, we've been we've been saying it for a while. Anton Harrison goes in the first round. He goes twenty seventh overall to the Jacksonville Jaguars. A guy that you know played very well in the back half of the season. Had a had a really good combine. Ran extremely well. Uh, looked fantastic at pro day. I mean, you and I we were we were raving about how good. He looked in the position drills at his pro day. Guy looked like a first rounder and nailed it. We nailed it. Well, uh, it's, it's hard to pat yourselves on the back whenever he looks the way he does, moves the way he does and performed the way he did at the, the senior bowl. Like he had a really good spring, right? He had, he had a really good, fall season I continue to get better and better I don't know that uh, I I didn't I guess I would ask you did was there any thought that he'd be a first rounder like right whenever the season started like he kind of worked his way into that to a certain degree right yeah I think he he played his way into it right he was a guy that got off to a bit of slow start right during you know at the beginning of the season and about midway through, I was going back and looking at our, you know, our pregame show notes for Sooner Game Day. And it was about at the end of October, early November, when my tone started to change <laughs> right. about the way that Anton Harrison was playing. And 
it, it's because I, I don't know what clicked, but he started playing better football. Mm-hmm. He started playing with more violence. He started playing with better knee bend. Started playing with better effort. I, I mean, he just he figured it out. And sometimes it takes. I remember guys. you saying that he it started to look like he was playing angry. Yeah, right. it just I I don't know what happened in his life, but he did it. It all came together, mm-hmm. and now he's very rich. Because it all came together. That's good. And I'm, ex- I'm extremely proud of Anton. I'm happy for him. I'm happy for Bo, right? Got his first rounder. And he just, he also finds himself landing in a really good situation. When you think about, hey, Jaguars lost Juwan Taylor to the Chiefs in free agency. Cam Robinson's coming off that knee injury, but also there's some suspension for an undisclosed amount of games for violating the NFL's performance-enhancing drug policy, kind of just looming over him. So, Anton, he could get thrown to the fire there at Jacksonville right away, uh, protecting Trevor Lawrence. But we'll see. It just – it was cool to see that video. I feel like he smiled more in that video where he was getting that call than he smiled in his entire Oklahoma career, or at least with what we got to see during games. So, it was was glad to see – it see the joy on his face in that moment. That was awesome. Yeah, and I know the Jaguars are still not a team that a lot of people think really highly of. I actually I like the future there. Trevor Lawrence, you know, you've got a quarterback that's that's the real deal and as long as they continue to to help him out, they they drafted a bunch of offensive guys to try and do exactly that, try and get him some weapons and some protection if they can continue to build, and you mentioned Doug Peterson. I, I, I think the, I think they're in a good spot right now, and you know that that division right now, I, I really, I think is up for grabs totally. Yeah, and Doug Peterson, dude knows offense, right? Mm-hmm. He's a smart coach. If Anton Harrison ends up being the starting left tackle as a rookie, Peterson's going to help him out. Right, he's not just going to leave him on an island all day long. It, there's going to be some sink or swim moments. Don't get me wrong, but Peterson, he's he's going to take care of him if that's how it ends up shaking out. But yeah, I was fired up for Anton Harrison, and it, it's important for OU to have first round draft picks along the line of scrimmage. It just it sends. It sends such a great message in recruiting, right? It's like, hey, come here, play at Oklahoma as an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman, in this case, clearly O-line, but come play here and be a first-rounder, right? Like, the as much of that as we can get, the better. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. And, you know, I – um, I – it always it's always important clearly to get guys drafted but um i i'm trying to think did i see something that oklahoma's the only school in the last 15 years to have at least four guys drafted every year that's 16 impressive. straight years now 16 straight that's four impressive. or more that's all those things matter you know the, all the the graphics that go out you put the the list up there and how many guys have been drafted i mean those things it all matters. And yeah, having, having guys go in the first round off the line of scrimmage is, is, uh, is key. It's the, it's the mantra of this podcast. It's a line of scrimmage sport, right? You got to have those guys there. Got to have more of them. 
Got to keep having them. All right, Marvin Mims goes in the second round, goes 63rd overall to the Denver Broncos. Now, Ted, you remember this well. I I predicted that he would go in the first round after watching him play one college football game. I think it was one half. Yeah, maybe one half, maybe (laughs) one quarter. I was barely off, man. Second round pick. That's pretty damn good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. And who knows if he would have stuck around and had another go at it, maybe he would have made his way into the first round. But overall, good decision by him going in the in the second round there. That's um gotta be happy for the guy. And he's got opportunity there. I know I know Denver's offense left a lot to be desired a year ago, but they know that and they're gonna work on it a lot. Yeah. New ownership, right? New head coach. And uh, the Russell Wilson situation is what it is, right? He did not play good football last year. Um, that offense certainly needs as many weapons as it can get. But I was I was with Sean Payton when he was with the Saints in 2017. And I was thinking back, like, okay, how could Marvin fit into what we were running when I was there? And it, it just brought me back to some things that I remember Sean Payton saying. Because we had two guys on that team that could absolutely fly. Ted Ginn and, and a smaller wide receiver named Tommy Lee Lewis. Now, I think Ted Ginn was like a 4-2 guy. And Tommy Lee Lewis was like a 4-4 guy. So Marvin's somewhere in between those two guys, right? Speed-wise. And Sean Payton would say stuff like, Hey, I'm going to set you guys up so you can run fast. Go do what you do. Right. And that was, there were those conversations taking place in game planning meetings and the offensive meetings. And I, I just think that this is a tremendous spot for Marvin Mims. It, Sean Payton's one of the best offensive minds I was around in my football career. And he, he's kind of a common sense guy. He's going to look at Marvin and go, You're really fast. What are we going to do? We're going to put you in situations to run fast. We're not going to act. And we're not going to ask you to do a bunch of stuff that you're not good at, right? We're not going to put you over on the island outside and make you get off a bunch of press, man. Like, that's not what we're going to do. They're going to move him. They're going to put him in motion. They're going to put him in stack alignments that allow him to get free releases. And they're going to let him run fast, right? That's that's what Sean Payton's going to do with him because he's not a moron. Dude knows offense. So when, when, this, when this happened, my initial reaction was, oh, what? What a perfect fit. If Russell Wilson can figure it out, if they can get if they can get those issues ironed out, man, Marvin, Marvin could have himself a hell of a rookie year. Yeah, I I'm anxious to see how it goes. And I know a lot of people around here are Broncos fans, so that works out well. Um very cool. How long do you think before Mims makes a Instagram post for Mr. Unlimited uh running routes or something? Hey. You you got to make the QB happy, man. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. You got to play that game if you're Marvin, right? And right. it it'll be fine. Uh, it'll be fine. It, Russell Wilson, he's he seems like a likable guy, right? It, you could probably likable to who? I I he does he doesn't seem 
like he's not like rude or anything like that. He's just a he's a bit of a cheese ball. I, I'm sure Marvin Marvin's a super nice guy, very kind. Like I may, maybe they'll mesh well. They I hope will. they mesh well. They'll mesh well on the football field. That's all that matters. Correct. I think that, it'll be good. Yeah, that's all that matters. But seems like an awesome landing spot for Marvin. Okay, Wanye Morris goes in the third round, 92nd overall to the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City moved up to get him. What an incredible landing spot, right? You, you get to play with arguably the best offensive mind in football and Andy Reid. You get to play with the best quarterback in football in Patrick Mahomes. You get to play with a fantastic interior offensive line, right? When you look at what the Chiefs have with Tooney, Creed, and Trey Smith. Uh, I mean, what, a, what an awesome situation for Wanye Morris. And you look at you know, his the potential of him starting as a rookie for them, right? Andrew Wiley, their right tackle, left in free agency, right? Orlando Brown, left tackle, left in free agency. Now they got Juwan Taylor. He he signed as a free agent from Jacksonville. That starting right tackle job is going to be up for grabs. And, you know, Lucas Niang is one of the guys. There's a couple other guys, but, you know, Wanya is going to have every opportunity to battle and start as a rookie for the defending Super Bowl champs. Not bad. Not bad at all. Um, I, it's kind of weird that they they didn't lock up either one of their tackles, you know. Um, I guess they feel like they can – I don't know if it's a it's a salary cap issue or what, but if they can draft that or you, you mentioned the free agent signing that they have, but I don't know. It, it's um, it's a good spot. I Do you – realistically for him like what do you how do you envision the next two or three years going i so just from some conversations obviously i've talked to creed about andy heck the offensive line coach you know creed thinks he's amazing right and everyone that's ever played for heck talks about how good he is when he comes to teaching technique and all these little details of playing the position all those things so i i'm anticipating wanye being their swing tackle, right, as a rookie. And then what he needs to add some more strength, right? He's got to become more polished with his technique. But you know as well as I do, Ted, that that league's about being big and athletic. Mm -hmm. That's a big athletic dude. Yeah. So I I think they they can take their time, right, with him. I, I don't think they need to rush and get him out on the field in his rookie season, but we've said this a lot. I think he's going to be a better pro than he was a college player because he won't have to worry about all the other stuff. So if he can, if he can get focused on adding strength, improving his technique, he, he should be in good shape, especially, I mean, you talk about the leadership, in that offensive line room already, the leadership on that Kansas City Chiefs team, you got no choice but to fall in line, man. Yeah, that's and that's why well, it's probably the the best possible landing spot he could have had. Um, just even the situation at tackle seems to be perfect. Um, you know, get a little bit of chance. You'll be needed to be ready 
to go on a week by week basis, but maybe not thrown into the fire right out of the gate. So yeah, I, I like it. You know, I, I, I was, uh, pretty surprised like how everything went for him but you know people were really happy with the way he performed at the senior bowl and it just looked like it was going to trend this way so i not that i knew anything but just kind of by listening to you and some of the people around it i it felt like he he was like third round was probably where it was going to be and you know whenever i was saying that i think he gets drafted before eric gray a lot of people were like there's no way you crazy so right. we we had some inside information on that whole thing. Right. Like, let's let's be real. But it's just it, it goes back. Anyone that's confused about Wanya Morris being drafted ahead of Eric Gray. There's just there's such a huge difference in the positions that they play and where they're valued yeah. among decision makers in the league. Offensive tackle is a premier position in the National Football League. Running back has become quite possibly what the most devalued position. It's wild, yeah. I think that's the truth. so it 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 shouldn't take you that long to figure it out, right? There's also just there's not a lot of people on the planet that are Wanye's size and can move like that. They're just not mm-hmm. right. So you get a guy that has that size and that 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 athleticism in an offensive line go coach as good as Andy Heck says, hey, I I can sharpen it a little more, right? I can sharpen it a little more and we can, we can improve the strength. Like that's, it's all about Wanye's potential and what he can be like, what his ceiling is. If you go and watch his highlights of the season there, there's not a tackle that has a better highlight reel. Really? Like he, his flashes were, you were just like, damn, that's a first round pick, but the consistency, the technique, that that's what's going to need to come along for one, along with the strength and just an incredible landing spot. Yeah. I, I, it couldn't be much better, man. Honestly. I agree. I agree. Hopefully he, you know, hopefully he handles his side of it because you yeah. know, the other side of it's going to be handled. There's no doubt about it. All right. Eric gray, Eric gray goes in the fifth round, 172nd overall to the New York giants. And, I feel like I just repeat myself, but this seems like an awfully good situation for Eric Gray. Clearly, Brian Dable, who, by the way, did you see him rip that vape in their chapter? No, oh, I didn't. <laughs> it, just, it was so funny. It's just like, oh, just, nice. just getting a little hit real quick. Doesn't that but, come on the heels of him like cracking beers and stuff at like 9 a.m. at the coaches, conv- the NFL coaches? With just a ridiculous thing? sunburn. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, he seems he seems like the man, but and clearly Dayball knows what he's doing, right on offense. That that's obvious. But Eric Gray, it looks like he's in a situation now. I, I mean, he's going to have to earn it. But Matt Breida is he was their backup running back last year. Daniel Jones was their second leading rusher. It's quite possible Eric Gray is walking into a situation where he's going to be Saquon Barkley's backup immediately, and we we all know how I don't I don't want you know Saquon's had his fair share of injuries right he's missed some time, so I mean he's got a good chance of walking in there in New York 
a team that's got some momentum, some juice from a successful year one under Dayball, and immediately is their RB two man. That's it's a pretty damn good situation. Yep, and he's a. I, I it seems to be the kind of guy that would fit what they want. You know, he's he could do a little bit of everything, and they've got an offense clearly that is going to feature the running back a lot in a lot of different you know situations, a lot of different alignments, and and opportunities and he's a guy that can do a little bit of everything so I, I would say he fits nicely yeah I mean when you think about what he can do out in space right all the screen game that they work in throw the they throw the ball to the running back quite a bit in that scheme I looked it up Saquon had 57 catches last year mm-hmm. so uh, I mean it, it feels like a very very good fit for Eric Gray there in New York Braden Willis got drafted. Ted, I was a, yes. I was getting a little nervous, but but it's a great I, spot too. I saw all of the picks that San Francisco had in the seventh, and you know, with the conversations I had had with Braden at at pro day and then at the spring game, he felt very confident that San Francisco was going to be the landing spot. Ends up going in the seventh round, two hundred and forty seventh overall to the San Francisco 49ers. And when you look at it, another great landing spot. I don't. I don't think there's a better landing spot in the NFL for him Agreed. than San Francisco. Yep, I, I think it's. I think it's perfect. Um, you've got one of the more creative offensive minds in the league that is willing to do things that are not exactly thought of as conventional, uh, both personnel wise and just all kinds of different stuff that they'll do there. And he is the perfect Swiss army knife to fit into an offense that does a lot of, uh, you know, air quotes, random things. I, I think it's perfect for him. I loved it. I, I think he needs to start studying that playbook right now because I, I looked at their roster. They don't have an established backup behind George Kittle, right? At that tight end position. And they don't have a backup for use check at the fullback spot. I, I'm assuming that he's got a really good chance of being the backup for both of those. That's, that's a lot of stuff to know, right? With all the moving parts in that offense and with how versatile, especially their run game is it. And it seems like it's week to week. So he's going to, he's going to have some studying to do, but going back to last season, Right, they asked him to do everything in that OU offense. So I know that I know it probably took longer than he wanted it to. Right, you know when when you're sitting and waiting, and there's kickers and punters and people getting drafted, you're like, you got to be kidding me, man. But at least he got drafted. He'll always have that moment that he had with his family, which is awesome. But Kyle Shanahan is going to absolutely love Braden Willis and his versatility. So I am, I'm fired up, man, that it yep. is the ideal landing spot for him. I totally agree. Totally agree. For all the reasons you pointed out an offense that uses, like there's not a lot of offenses out there that use a fullback these days. Um, they're very heavy with tight ends, very heavy with fullback. So that's, it's, it's perfect. That's why it was so uh, so awesome and so important that he 
took whatever the offense here at Oklahoma threw at him and did it with a great attitude. I mean, a lot of tight ends want to be running routes and catching balls, not running ISOs, right, at Mike Backers. But he did it, did a great job of it, and that's why he ended up getting drafted to a place that, you know, he's got a really good chance to get in there and earn a spot. Yeah. All right, let's look at some of the undrafted free agent signings. Jalen Redman to the Panthers, Chris Murray to the Bucks, Justin Broyles to the Bears, CJ Colden to the Vikings, and Michael Turk was signed by the Dolphins. It is it is not a fun road, boys. Won't lie to you. You get treated much differently than the drafted guys, right? It's just how it is. But the key is number one. Be likable. No one wants to be around an annoying undrafted guy. <laughs> be likable in the building. Make sure everyone likes being around you. Number two, know exactly what you're doing. Know your playbook. You will not, you will not be granted the leeway to make mistakes like the drafted guys are. So know what the hell you're doing. Are any surprises that those guys went undrafted? I thought because of some of the athletic, uh, you know, times and and just the physical traits, I thought that Jalen Redmond, someone would draft him on a flyer because he put up some really impressive um, combine type numbers. Um, Murray, it's hard to say. Like you've talked about, he's got limitations with arm length and stuff like that. Um, you know, the other guy, like Turk, not surprised at all, uh, thought that there was even a chance that he would get drafted uh, as a punter. Um, C.J. Colden, a lot of athleticism. So, um, you know, I guess I thought uh, Redman, Murray, Colden, and Turk could probably have a chance to be drafted in the later rounds. Um, didn't expect Broyles to be drafted, but – you know, knew that all of these guys would most likely get an opportunity somewhere to to make a team. Yeah. They're they're getting the opportunity. That's the important thing. I think I, I think some people were probably the the most surprising guy was probably Redmond for a lot of people, right? Because he went to the combine and killed it. But remember when he did that, we talked about it. The the athleticism he displayed at the combine, it did not match up to the production on the field, right? And, and that, for a lot of teams, that that's alarming, right? And then, of course, you got the medical history, which was working against him. I, I got a feeling he was off a lot of teams' boards, right, just with the medical history he's had. But he's going to get the opportunity. And one thing, you know, I talked to, you know, I talked to someone at their pro day about it. Like, there are also questions like, hey, how much – how much does he love football? And when teams are saying that, that's that's the ultimate red flag, man. So he's getting the opportunity there in Carolina, and we'll see if he can make the most of it. He got the he got the Gruden treatment. You love football, man. I mean, you really love football. <laughs> yeah, I think you know if he shows up, he's one of the guys that we talked about. There's a chance that he's uh, perhaps a better pro than. The college type guy, maybe it clicks with him. 
here's the thing. We know physically he's got the tools to make it in the league. Now, can he show up, be consistent with those, stay healthy? That's really the question, which is not always just alone. It's not easy to do. Right. No doubt about it. All right, let's get to call your shot. We asked you guys your number one takeaway from what happened with the OU guys in the NFL draft. This first one comes from Sooner Saint, who says, zero defensive players drafted. That was not going to work in the SEC. True. That that had to hurt you a little bit, man. Zero defensive players drafted. And I saw, I saw a tweet from George Stoya, only the fourth time in school history since 1967 that a defensive player was not drafted for the Sooners. Yeah, I, I'm, uh, I guess I'm not shocked by it, but I don't, I don't expect that to continue. I, I think that we are, I think we've slowly, but surely over the last, uh, you know, 12 plus months, turned the roster over a lot and I think we are I think we're, we're I think we're in a good spot moving forward you know I think that we're gonna start playing much better defense I think we're gonna get like the just the the type of bodies that we're getting in are changing right we talked about what Adabare looks like you know what our what our backers look like and how they run uh getting bigger at the the secondary positions. I'm not worried about like that trend. I'm not shocked that it happened this year, but you know, I'm I'm not worried about it in the future. I I'm feel like it. we're heading in the right direction on personnel wise on defense. Yeah, no, I completely agree. All right. This other one comes from Sarah Mitchell who says that Oklahoma is very blessed to have Bill Beanbow years of talent in the NFL because of his humble greatness. Listen, I, I had become very annoyed with people saying, well, Beanbo, he hasn't produced a first rounder. Well, now what are you going to say? Cause now he's got his first rounder. He's going to have another one next year. Tyler Guyton takes care of his business. So I, did you see the tweet he put out? Uh, I saw a couple of them. He, a, a little bill and bill is not a guy that boasts, right? He's that's just, that's just not him, but he just casually dropped this sweet big 12 offensive line drafted the last six years, Oklahoma nine next TCU with four. Yeah. I also saw the tweet that had that he retweeted that said, this coming season, uh, players coached by Bill Beanbow will make $52 million in the NFL. Pretty good. <laughs> Not too bad. Not too bad. But I was I was happy for him. Like, that was the last last hurdle for Beanbow, and, and he got it. So I'm, I'm fired up for Bill. But, yeah, he's trying to tell you people he's one of the best, man. He's one of the best. So and I am... I'd say the the conveyor belt right now is looking pretty good for young guys kind of all the way through the through the line. Yeah. I that's crazy. 
OU has had nine offensive linemen drafted in the last six years. Texas has had two. I still can't believe the Bijan Robinson's the first first round pick that they've had since Vince Young. Yeah, on offense. It's on offense. Yeah. It's crazy. Him in Atlanta is going to be fun, by the way. Yeah. That's going to be fun. All right, birthday shout-outs. Happy third birthday to Jacob Corbett. Happy 33rd birthday to Brandon Morgan. Happy 55th double nickels. Let's go. Happy 55th birthday to Kenneth Wallace. Happy birthday to Jenny McMurray. And happy anniversary to Tristan and Mary Bender. Nice. Nice. All right, let's get to college, National College Football Roundup. But first, Love's Travel Stop is now offering a nationwide 10 cent per gallon discount on gas and auto diesel. Just download the Love's Connect app and scan your barcode at the prompt on screen and watch that price drop 10 cents per gallon. Across the country, the Love's Connect app unlocks exclusive deals can help any traveler plan their route or meal on the highway. So before you hit the road, be sure to download the Love's Connect app to save 10 cents per gallon and experience the country's best highway hospitality at Love's Travel Stops. Love's also has you covered if you forget your phone charger or headphones with an expanded mobile-to-go zone. And of course, don't forget to grab yourself some of that delicious Java Hamore. Opolis Clothing is the exclusive home for all of our Oklahoma Breakdown merchandise and is the best place to get your OU and OKC Thunder gear as well. If you want to live your life and butter yourself comfort, go to opolisclothing.com. That's O-P-O-L-I-S clothing.com. Use promo code TED, T-E-D for 10% off your entire order. That's opolisclothing.com. Use promo code TED for 10% off. Buttery soft and 10% off. And hey, you hungry out there? Hey, maybe maybe you ran the Oklahoma City Memorial Marathon and you and you should treat yourself tonight. We'll head to the garage for hand-smashed patties, butter-toasted buns, and ice-cold beer. The food is fantastic, and it is the perfect spot to watch any big game. Visit eatatthegarage.com to find a location near you and order online from the garage in your neighborhood. All right, National College Football Roundup. Got some catching up to do. Ted, I I took self-imposed paternity leave last week. Needed. Needed. That's needed. Needed. So we got some catching up to do. Let's start with let's start with the quarterback situation there at Alabama. Should Alabama fans be freaking out, Ted? No. That that QB situation. Very interesting. Not great. Not great. It's um, it's average at best. But here's the thing about, and I understand that everyone is a bit panicked, but outside of maybe Georgia, and it's just a maybe, it's not like a Georgia. Alabama has the best roster in all of college football. They just signed the number one class in the country, one of the best classes ever. They're going to be just fine. They may not have who we would consider at the moment to be a Heisman candidate at quarterback, but everyone on the team is going to make the quarterback better. 
I am maybe the only person that's not really worried about it for Alabama. I I'm not overly concerned either. And I think, and, and I'm not trying to say that Oklahoma has been on the level of Alabama, right? Because that just, that has not been the case, right? right. Georgia, Georgia has taken the belt right of college football. You got to say Georgia is the best program right now. They're back-to-back national champs. There's just no debating it, but Alabama has been, I mean, has been the power of college football for quite some time now, but it feels very similar to OU's quarterback situation, right? Because Bama just had one hell of a run. That's right. Right at quarterback. Remember, it was Hurts. Then Tua took that job. Then it was Mac Jones. Then it was Bryce Young. I mean, we're talking first-round draft pick after first-round draft pick. And now you look at it, Tommy Reese comes in, gets a good look at both Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson throughout spring practice, and they ultimately decide, "Uh, I don't know if this is it. And you you have to assume that I I would never accuse anyone in Alabama of tampering, but somehow the message was relayed to Notre Dame's starting quarterback from a year ago, Tyler Buckner, that, hey, uh, we we could use your services down here in Tuscaloosa. And he just happens to enter the transfer portal there from Notre Dame and is now heading to Alabama to reunite with his former offensive coordinator. Funny how that works out. But Bama's had one hell of a run at QB, just like OU had, right? Leading up to, you know, there was Rattler. But Rat, Rattler wasn't awful. But then it was Caleb Williams, and then it got to Dylan Gabriel. It, it, is this kind of like the Dylan Gabriel section of Alabama's run at QB? Like, I, we haven't seen a bunch from Ty Simpson, certainly, and we've seen very little from Jalen Milrow. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know what those guys are like, and obviously, it's it's a situation that people are. You know, the way Saban talked about it is he was pretty critical of those guys and the fact that they've they've got a quarterback transferring in at the time they do from where he was like says that they're really worried about the quarterback spot but and and I'm not saying that he he's not any good but whenever the rest of your roster is as good as Alabama's is just look at Georgia Georgia just won two national championships with a guy that came from junior college and where do you get drafted was fourth round fourth round okay and i i'm not i'm not trying to make any statement about stetson bennett but when you're as good as these two teams are at all of the other positions like quarterback doesn't matter as much to alabama right now as it does to usc or it does to insert almost every other team in college football except for Alabama and Georgia, right? I mean, that's how good they are. We'll see. I I'm I guess maybe I'm I've just I've seen Alabama win titles before with what we wouldn't consider best of the best quarterback play. And I'm not suggesting that Alabama wins a title this year, but I think you may see a Alabama trend a little bit closer towards what they were previously, maybe when they weren't as good offensively, they were a little more conservative, played a little more to their defense, 
And I, they can they could switch back that direction as well. Yeah, I think clearly Alabama fans are not thrilled about the quarterback situation, right? And I don't blame them. Tommy Reese looked at those two guys all spring, and then he said, hey, Tyler, Buckner, come on. Come on, man. We need you. And and we could all just be completely overreacting to it, right? I mean, Reese could just be bringing him in to compete and push the other guys and, and maybe just, for lack of a better term, scare him a little bit. Like, hey, you better get it going. That and, frankly, just maybe – show how he wants things done a little bit better, like in the flesh, like how he wants his drills run, how he wants his his offense managed. I mean, th- that's that's part of it too. But I'm sure he's going to fight for the, for the job, you know, but it helps to have a guy that knows what you're trying to coach. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. But Buckner could also end up being the third-string quarterback for them, right, for all we know. Mm-hmm. So, and remember, he's leaving Notre Dame because – from all indications, like Sam Hartman beat him out, right, to be the guy there in South Bend. So I, I just think that one of one of the number one reasons Alabama fans are freaking out is clearly they've lost to Georgia, right, the last two years. Like Georgia has been – or Georgia has won the last two national titles, right? They feel like they're – they have lost their title of the king of college football, and I get that, but also – it is not helping things how good Carson Beck looked in Georgia's spring game. Yeah. That dude looked incredible in that game. And Alabama fans are going, we're bringing in Tyler Buckner, and they've got Beck, who is huge and just looked amazing. Are you kidding me? Can't be a good feeling as an Alabama fan. No. And and that's, you know, that's immediately where they're going to go because it's a little bit different if you're if you're coming off of a national championship, you're given a little bit more leeway, but they're not. And it feels like things are, are turning into Georgia's favor. So the, the whole, the whole temperature down there in Tuscaloosa is a little bit different. Yeah. I, I think they're going to end up being just fine. Yeah. One way, one way they could, they could really make up for any shortcomings at the quarterback position, get back to dominating the line of scrimmage along the defensive line. Yep. And that's, that's kind of my point is, and not that you just like, you can flip a switch to say, Oh, Hey, we're going to start playing better defensively. Now that, you know, we may be down at quarterback. It just, it, it leans that way because offensively you're going to slow down a little bit, right? You're going to be a little bit more methodical, think things out, use the clock a little bit more in, in your favor, you may be playing some lower scoring games, but that when you start limiting the possessions and snaps that your defense has to defend, their numbers are going to improve dramatically. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. All right. How do we feel about how Deion Sanders is going about things there at Colorado? He has, what's the best way to put it, Ted? He has purged the roster there in Boulder. Yeah, I... Some of it obviously needed to happen, but I, if you don't have, if you don't feel confident about a better replacement coming in, you need to, you're going to need some of these guys. Like they're not going to have the depth to even practice much less go out and try and win football games. 
mean, you need you need a, a a roster full of players, and not all of those players are going to be, you know, the best player at their position in the country. I you need role players on your team. You need practice squad guys. You need a good practice squad. I mean, there's there's a bunch of different things that you've got to have, and like I don't even know what the number on their roster is right now. They've lost what seventy guys have hit the transfer portal since he showed up. Seventy-one, right? I saw this from Chris Hummer today. Seventy-one transfer entries. Now that includes walk-ons, but seventy-one transfer portal entries for Colorado during the 2022-2023 cycle. It is just we and we've never seen this right in college football. And I do think, you know, he's. He's cut players, right? That's what he's doing. He's cutting players. And it is completely within the rules. And just a reminder, all right, this is something a new coach comes in. He can do this. Just a reminder, these guys, they have the choice to stay at Colorado and keep their scholarship, right, and get their school paid for. They So they're, they're not just getting kicked out of school. That's not how it works, right? They're just – they have that choice – they just can't be part of the football team anymore. So, it, I mean, it is what it is. But it's not like they're having their scholarship ripped from them and be a, they're just being thrown out on the curb. That's that's not what is happening here. But I, I think it makes a lot of people uncomfortable because this is, this is the most business-like decision-making we've ever seen from anyone in college football. This is as business-like as it's ever felt with what's going on at Colorado because, man, we don't bat an eye when an NFL roster goes from 90 to 53. Don't bat an eye. Nope. It's, hey, you should have been better, right? It, it just feels different with it being college kids, even with you know how much power college football players have now with the portal and with NIL. We, we've just never seen something – to this magnitude in college football. And it's just people better get used to it. I, I'm yeah. not sure anyone else would be able to pull it off the way that Deion Sanders is being able to pull this off, but it just, it, it is what it is, man. It, it's uncomfortable. There's no doubt about it, but that team also sucked last year. They had the worst roster in the power five by a lot. Well, they're going to have the worst roster in the power five again, because they're just not going to have any numbers. Right. I, he's going to be able to perhaps go to the transfer portal, but the vast majority of the transfer portal is it's not like the top quality out there. Frankly, it's mainly guys who have been told you're not going to play here. Right? Dude. He referred to these guys as old furniture. <laughs> he said in order to bring the new furniture in and make space, I got to get rid of the old furniture. I mean, it, he is he is looking at these guys as like assets. It's, it's undoubtedly, I mean, it's the NFL approach, right? You're an asset. Yeah. That's what you are. Which, you know, that's, that's all fine, but if you're a, if you're a player that's in the portal from somewhere else uh you're also know that you're going somewhere where you're an asset right no and like i don't know how that affects him it 
it's it doesn't look good just appearance wise that there's that many guys leaving and you know I, the reasoning is 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 probably sound they're just flat out not good enough and Colorado wants me there because I am good enough like that that passes the smell test but some guys are going to see that as well I think a lot of those players that are good enough to have continued to play there and there's several are leaving because it's not a good environment or something. Right. So I, I, I just, I have to see how it unfolds, but I, I'm, I'm still optimistic and curious to see how Dion does for the future. But I think this is a bit much for year one. That's where I'm at. Right. And they are because of, you know, what cold callous, whatever word you want to use, like this approach that he's going with. They're they're losing some players that could help them next yeah. season, right? And, and maybe a guy like what's his name? He's got an awesome name, Montana Lamonius Craig, the wide <laughs> yeah. receiver that killed it in their spring game. Like that's a guy. There's no doubt. Dion wants that guy on their team next year, but he's in the portal, right? And they lost a defensive lineman. I saw that started like 36 games for them. I don't care how bad they've been. If a guy started 36 games for you along the defensive front, you could use them. Yeah. Starting offensive linemen who started a bunch of games for him in the portal. You could use them. Those guys ain't growing on trees, man. Especially on the line of scrimmage. Like that's, that's going to be their biggest, their most difficult thing. There's going to be skilled guys that want to go play for Dion, right? We know that, but the interior, the meat and potatoes of the football team, that's going to be his biggest, you know, the most difficult thing for him. And if, you don't want to start burning the bridges with the the birds you have in hand out there. So I don't know. We'll see. I, uh, I, like I said, I'm still optimistic for Colorado, but my optimism for the upcoming season has really dropped somewhere right around zero, especially right. after watching some of their spring game and spring practices. Yeah. But one of the things, and, I don't know how much of a red flag is like, this is one of those things I'm going to give Dion three years, right? He inherited the worst roster in the power five. He's just got that administration there in Colorado, like on the page where, Hey, we, these are the things we got to do to get good. Right. He has purged the roster. Right. So he, I'm going to, I'm going to be fair and give him some time, but w when you do it this way, if if they just get destroyed all of 2023, I mean people are gonna people are gonna be very, very critical of the way that he's gone about this. I mean, very, this very is, critical. It, especially thing. especially uh, the guys that transferred, like he had guys that he brought with Jackson State from Jackson State with him that have hit the portal. Yeah. Right. And that Arkansas, what well, Arkansas State tied in, I saw today, who came, he's already in the portal. So there were guys that he wanted that he brought that said, Hey man, no, thanks. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know how much of it is like, there's obviously guys that they've told we don't want you playing football here anymore, but I'm wondering like how many guys mixed in that they did want jumped into the portal. I, I don't know. It does. I, I, it's having not, I don't just, I just don't know enough about the roster and, Maybe we'll learn more as guys 
get picked up and tell the story about what went on there, why they decided to leave, even though a lot of guys aren't going to, uh, you know, it's just really not the, the, the culture of football that you throw the previous staff under the bus. It happens every now and then, but usually don't learn a whole lot of the inner workings and why people left or, or didn't leave. Well, I read, I read an article in the athletic would had, had quotes from some of these players and some of their parents basically like, Hey, didn't have a choice. Got cut. Yeah. And some of the parents, like we understand a couple of the kids, they had missed spring ball with injuries, stuff like that. Didn't have a chance to show what they could do. Cut them. I just, it was like reading an NFL article. It was, <laughs> I was like, I know what that feels like. I got cut like eight times. I did. I totally know how that feels, but I, I don't think, first of all, I don't think anyone other than Deion Sanders would take it to quite this level, right? Lincoln Riley, you know, he did some of this when he took over at USC, right? They, they, they got a lot of, they got, they pushed some guys out and got some new guys in and, you know, had a successful year one, but it wasn't anything close to, to this. And my, my hope is that Deion Sanders does right by those kids that he cut. Right, because it, it it's still, and I know he's 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 probably laser focused on building the best team he can build there at Colorado, right, and getting that talent that 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 talent into the program and building up that roster and winning games. And I totally get that, but you also got to feel a sense of responsibility to help some of these kids you're just cutting loose, like to help them land somewhere. Uh, that that's my hope because he he's an extremely influential guy, right? If Deion Sanders calls any coach across the country, they're picking up the phone, right? It's Deion Sanders. So my hope is that he will help as many of those kids that they cut out as possible, yeah. right? Because I believe I'm a I'm a big believer in right and wrong. I don't necessarily think what he did here is wrong. It's within the rules. It's cold. It's callous. I get it. But I do think it would be wrong if he didn't help those guys as much as he could land somewhere else. Yeah. I think yeah. I think that would be a mistake. Yeah. We'll see if he does. You know, and I know that whole the whole practice film situation was was an issue which I happen to be on Dion's side on the practice film thing, um, but I, you know, they made the they made the right decision to start making that film available, um, you know, which the problem with that is, like, you don't just click a button and make it available. Like, it's a whole process to make to get every player. Like, that's a lot of work for somebody. No, no one is angrier than Colorado's film department right now. That's that's a lot. Wait, we got to make up all the, we got to make all these cut ups for these guys that aren't playing here anymore. Right. Are you kidding me? Hours and hours of work editing a huge undertaking. So I understand why they weren't doing it, but you know the backlash was there. But whatever, I you know I'm curious to see what he's able to bring in. I we won't be talking about this if they're starting to pick up transfer additions left and right from the portal and good players and you know, building their roster back, it's not going to be that big of a factor. But if they just hit a little bit of a headwind, 
and getting guys in, they're going to have like, they're going to be back to asking those players that they cut to come back for fall camp. Yeah. I could see ultimately. Yeah. Parents want their kid to end up somewhere where they're going to get developed and they're going to have a chance to go play in the NFL. Right. But parent parents also want their kids to feel like they're, you know, they're valued by the coaching staff, mm-hmm. not just, not just as an asset, but like as, as a person. <laughs> and I, I just wonder what it, some parents won't have any problem with what Dion just did. None. But I do wonder if there's some parents out there going, eh, or if he, he treated all these kids that way. How's he going to treat my son? Yeah. Right? That, that doubt has had to creep into some parents, not not all, but some, right? As as their sons are being recruited by Colorado, like that, that has to be in these parents' heads now. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, welcome to the world of being treated as an asset. It sometimes it waits till after college. Right now, you're getting in college, but it's coming one day or another, and you've arrived early. <laughs> yeah. You you guys players want all this power in college football. Here is this is a result. That's right. This is a result. Hit the portal. All right, let's finish up with our winners and losers of the weekend. But first, Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School represents a tradition of educational excellence in Oklahoma City grounded in a faith-based education. Students prepare to meet their potential with an individualized academic path that strives for success. Bishop McGinnis offers a college prep curriculum that includes 22 AP courses, participation in OSSAA athletics, where they've won over 100 state championships, and numerous clubs and organizations for students to join and grow. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. Attention business owners. You need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to a cost-effective comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding a loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best-in-class, connect with Insurica at Insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A.com. As always, Ted, kick us off. Who do you have as your winner of the weekend? I went with Coach Stoops. Oh. They're in the finals. They are in the finals now. Um, for those that don't know, yesterday the the Renegades, Arlington Renegades, knocked off the Roughnecks, who had already beat them twice this year. Couldn't pull it off the 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 third time. It's tough to beat someone three times. And um, it would actually would have been like, was it three times in a row that they played? It was it was pretty quick, back to back there. Um, but Perez, they made the change at quarterback, um, you know, about what, uh, halfway, maybe a little bit earlier than halfway through the season. 
That's helped their offense. Got the win, 26-11. They're in the finals. They don't know who they're playing yet. The uh, The other game is tied at nine right now. I think it's at halftime, but uh, it's awesome. They're, they're going to be in the finals chance to win the championship. I, you know, I saw, you know, when they made the playoffs with their record, I saw some people being like, wait, what's going on here? Listen, the rules are the rules, man. That's how it works. Arlington yeah. Renegades, South Division champs. Let's go. Did, did you watch? Champs, baby. I, I watched pretty much that whole game. It was the only thing on really at that time. Did you, did you watch all the like quarterback mic'd up stuff? No, I just caught some of the highlights. I saw that crazy catch. Um, one of awesome the best catches catch. of the year. I don't know. And if anyone was watching the game, they'll know what I'm talking about. I don't know what the hell Arlington's offensive lines deal is. Dude, get in the huddle and listen to your quarterback. I mean, Perez, it was, I heard him say it 50 times. Listen to me. Listen to me. Like, listen to me, guys. I was like, what is happening? Do they just hate this guy? Are they all like, what is happening with this offensive line? Why won't they get into the huddle and listen to what the quarterback has to say? It was driving me insane. I was about That's to lose crazy. it on my couch. I I remember earlier this year, I can't remember what team it was, but there was like this clip of the quarterback calling the play in the huddle and one of the offensive linemen saying, no, no, we need to run this. And the quarterback said, said shut the blank up and listen to what I'm saying. And he calls the play again. And they turn around. It's like the last thing you want is offensive lineman calling plays. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching it with my wife and she was like, are huddles always this chaotic? I was like, no, <laughs> like, no, no, it was, it That's was strange, great. but Hey, our man coach Stoops playing for an XFL title. Let's go. That's right. Oh, and I forgot. I, uh, I also thought about, it was a little premature, but how about our guy Gooch after uh, last week playing nails? He was tied. He had the lead and then was tied for it right before we started. He may go back-to-back. Back. He, in fact, went back-to-back. Back. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. And there is a discussion, right? Because you know where the next live event is, right? Tulsa. Tulsa. Two weeks. We are uh, We are working to get our man Taylor Gooch on the podcast yes. before that event, right? It, Cause he's got a foundation, great way to spread the word about the foundation. That's how I'm putting it. You know, that's how I'm framing it. So hopefully that all ends up working out. That's great. Yeah. He's he, on a heater uh, though, man. He's on a heater and he's making some cash right now, buddy. Yeah. Big paydays. Two yeah. in a row. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. But go range goats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Who do you have as your loser? of the weekend i had to go with ou softball opponents in the month of april so and i know they haven't played the the final game against kansas but right now they're on a stretch run in their last three they have not given up a run in their last three conference um uh last three conference um games Series is the word I'm looking for. What are you? You found Idiot. it. You found it. Took Series. you a while. It was it was a long walk, but you found it. Tech, three shutouts. Baylor, three shutouts. Kansas, two shutouts. They've got the final game today. In the month 
of April, Gabe, in not just including the the conference series because they played they shut out LSU, um, and then they played that that little tournament or whatever it was where they played Louisville, Miami of Ohio. And if you include the two Texas games that started off the the even though the series started uh, in March, I'll count it. They are winning in the month of April, 91 to seven is the Hmm. score in those games. If you take out the Texas series, it is 87 to two, which is insane for (laughs) how good they are. Comparatively speaking, just incredible stuff right now. And, uh, if they if they shut out Kansas again today, that is three straight conference uh, series wins, 3-0 without anyone scoring a run on them. Do, do you want the good news or the bad news first? Good news. Good news. Sooners currently have a five-run lead in the middle of the fifth. Oh, no. You're telling me Kansas scored? Kansas scored. It's seven to two. I think we should fold up our softball program. <laughs> this is this is this ridiculous. Is Get this it together, Patty. What are we Dad doing? Gum it. Yeah, I knew but... whenever as soon as I talked about that that they would uh, give up a run to Kansas, but it's all right. It's seven to two. They're gonna win. Hey, giving up runs creates character for the team. They got to give up a few runs so that they can feel the anger of giving up runs (laughs) and allow that anger to fuel them to be even better, you know? Yep, that's good. Still incredible run. It looks like they are, um, what, they've got the one more series against Oklahoma State coming up before we get going into the postseason. I'd say they're firing on all cylinders. Uh, There's no doubt about it. We'll have our buddy Chris Plank on, right? When, when, When the postseason rolls around, we'll do our best before this thing gets gets really rolling to have Patty Gasso on. I feel like I feel like she's she always enjoys her annual appearance on here. Yeah. So it's it's about that time. It's getting close. That's for sure. That's good. Yeah. All right. Let's get to my winner and loser. But first, John Vance Auto Group has been serving Oklahomans for 40 years, family owned and operated. They've got nine full service dealerships in Woodworth, Miami, and Guthrie. No matter what your vehicle needs are, John Vance Auto Group has you covered. They carry domestic brands such as Ford, Lincoln, Chevy, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Dodge, Ram, Jeep, and Wagoneer. John Vance Auto Group's goal is to give unequaled service and to exceed customers' expectations in every way, which is why they have their lifetime loyalty program. And here's how it works. Buy a new or used car from them. All you have to do is get all of the manufacturer-recommended maintenance done at the Vance dealership. And if something goes wrong with the components of your engine, transmission, drive, axle, or transfer unit, they will cover the repair costs. It's a great deal. You can browse their entire inventory or find the John Vance dealership near you at vanceautogroup.com. And First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs. Checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more. First Fidelity Bank does it all Whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone, everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. People, make your life easier and go bank at First Fidelity Bank. Visit FFB.com for more information. All right, for my winner of the weekend, 
Not about going with Lamar Jackson. He's rich. Yeah. Five years, $260 million, $185 million of that guaranteed with the Baltimore Ravens. They also drafted Zay Flowers in the first round to give him another weapon at wide receiver. Good weekend. Got the deal done. Now, what else are we going to talk about when it comes to the NFL? I, I mean, now that Lamar's got everything figured out. I mean, that was that was content, Ted. This was a selfish decision by Lamar. You got to drag it out a little longer, man. Come on. It makes you wonder about the Ravens, though. I If they could have got this deal done before Jalen Hurts, like could could they have got it for a smaller price tag? Yes. So this is this again goes back to well, it takes two to tango. I that's true. I I do think, I do think Lamar, right? You go back to Kyler's deal last year, right? Yeah. And then you look at Jalen Hurts's deal this year. I I think it I I think it allowed the Ravens once the Jalen Hurts deal happened to be like, hey man, that's the real market. The Deshaun Watson, like that that's the Browns being the Browns. That 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 doesn't exist. Right? right. That is that's not gonna happen. Right. That's just Cleveland being Cleveland. They're morons over there. Right. And I, I think Lamar saw what Hurts got, got a little more and said, Yeah, I'm good. Let's do this. Well, I'm I'm tired of it. Uh, a quick uh, little bit of arithmetic after everyone said that Lamar Jackson's an idiot for not having an agent. Um, if you take the standard three percent, he saved himself if he gets the the full two hundred sixty million about eight million dollars, which is not chump change. No, I I would like to save eight million dollars. I if someone wants to give me eight million dollars, it'd be great. Sign me up. Yeah. I'm yeah. all for it. So, uh, yeah, pretty pretty nicely done by Lamar Jackson. It, it got. It got a little, it didn't get ugly, but it didn't, it certainly did not play out ideally for Baltimore, but in the end, he's staying there and I I like when quarterbacks stick around, man. I, I don't know why I like when QBs are with the franchise for a long time. And I'm, I'm glad Lamar Jackson's staying there. I'm just laughing because I'm glad he got the $260 million because I just, I don't know about that workout equipment thing that he was doing. <laughs> You don't think that one's gonna make him make him rich? No, no. I think he made the right decision by uh by keeping it with football. Yeah, probably probably a good decision. All right, but my winner of the weekend, give me the Denver Nuggets. Smack the Suns in game one, right? 125-107 of what should be a very fun series, but man, I I watched it and the Nuggets made it look pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Suns had no answers for Jamal Murray. Drop 34, looking as healthy as he's looked since tearing that ACL a few years back. That it it didn't even seem like Jokic was it never seems like he's trying that hard, <laughs> but it, it wasn't like a huge Jokic game either. He only played 33 minutes, had a casual 24 and 19 in 33 minutes. It just it was strange to see the Suns take so few threes, especially in the first half. It's only one game, man, but it the Suns, it's just going to – Devin Booker and Kevin Durant are just going to have to be incredible. Yeah. They're going to have to be incredible, and they're going to have to play insane minutes 
and be incredible and damn near all of them. I don't know. Denver looked good. Maybe I'm overreacting to game one in Denver at altitude, right? You always got to mention the altitude mm-hmm. when you talk about a game in Denver. But the Nuggets look good, and the Suns looked like it's just those two guys are just going to have to be insanely good. Well, you know what they say, though, Gabe? It's not a series until the road team wins a game. No, it's not a series until one of the Jokic brothers threatens to kill somebody from the stands. That's whenever it's a series. <laughs> that's so, when that's when we know this thing will really be getting going. No, that's it, when we know it's going. It, it just Denver just looks so much deeper than yep. them, and I get, and I am not a basketball X's and O's expert, right? I know a little bit. But I don't know as as much as a lot of people do. But I know this. DeAndre Ayton is infuriating to watch play basketball. I Dude. saw now I did see some of the clips of him just kind of standing around. That's him, man. He's huge. He's incredibly athletic. And sometimes it looks like he just doesn't want to be out there. And I could I just that does not compute with me. It's like, dude, you're in a playoff game and he just looks disinterested for long yeah. stretches of the game. It it blows my mind, man. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I yeah, I saw some of those clips and I was thinking, eh, yeah, I that's I would imagine that that is a it's so weird because at that level what does that film session look like? You know they watch the film of the game together. Like how how does that get coached? And how does that get – like, how does the rest of the team react to that? They have to just be berating him, right? I don't – Could you imagine that happening in a football game, something like that? And what that conversation in a film session would be like? No. I. That's what I don't that's, – that's how I don't understand, like, he either, – either they don't say anything to him or he gets like yelled at constantly about lack of effort and just doesn't care and doesn't like react or change. It's I can't, one or the other. I can't imagine Durant doesn't say anything. I know. Well, that's my point. I, how does that conversation go down? I don't know. I, I don't know if Monty Williams and Aiden have the best relationship. Yeah. But well, how could they? If you're if you're playing like that in a playoff game, if you don't have a good relationship with Monty Williams, isn't that your fault? Yeah. Isn't he known as like one of the the best guys in all of the NBA? I just it people don't watch DeAndre Ayton, you'll just get frustrated. Don't do it. <laughs> watch the other guys. Watch the other guys. Should be a fun series, but damn, Denver looked good. All right, for my loser of the weekend, thought about going with the old Tampa Bay Lightning, Ted. Yeah, I'm watching a little hockey. It's playoff hockey, baby. Wow. Lost game six at home. Their streak of trips to the Stanley Cup finals ends at three. And this is why it's this is why it's important. The Toronto Maple Leafs. They have finally ended their streak of losing elimination games. The streak ends at 11. Ted, they had lost 11 straight 
elimination games in a row. And they have advanced in a playoff series for the first time since 2004. Wow. That's that's crazy. 11 straight or 11. That's brutal. Well, congratulations yeah. to those guys. Did yeah. they tear Toronto apart or they're still? Well, they were in Tampa. Got the win on the road. Oh, yeah, that's right. You said that. Yeah. I think like well, three still... of their wins, three of their wins of the series are like road overtime wins. It was crazy. I feel like was it last year something happened with a playoff game and up in Canada they were burning cars and stuff in the streets. Gotta love Canadians. They yeah. love hockey. That's right. Gotta love wow. it. All right, but my loser of the weekend, man, we have piled on them for what the last several weeks, and we will continue to do so. The Memphis Grizzlies. Woo. They were eliminated. Is the nice way to say it by the Los Angeles Los Angeles Lakers. Ted, they got beat by 40 in an elimination game. They packed it in. They got cooked by D'Angelo Russell, of all people. But uh, and still, I, I'm not sure I can forgive the Grizzlies for making me cheer for LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers. But I watched that beat down and was thoroughly enjoying it. And it's just, it's crazy. What the hell happened to the Grizzlies? Like, you go back a year, they were the most likable, fun, like everyone was excited about it. And now, it, everyone was enjoying watching them get whooped by the Lakers of all teams. Like, it was, you talk about a heel turn. My goodness. I, those, I bet the Memphis fans are furious. Right they should now. be. Uh, you can, as weird as it is, like uh, you can go back and really, like, and it's not all his fault, but uh, he's planted the seed, Dylan Brooks, with the whole LeBron situation. Well, it goes back even further than that. Remember John Morant with the, oh, I'm fine in the West quote, yeah. I'm only worried about the Celtics. When they had won nothing. Then he had all the off-the-court stuff. Now, and they had some injuries, right? Brandon Clark tears the Achilles. Steven Adams ends up getting injured. Like, they had some bad luck, you know, bad injury luck. But they brought this on themselves, man. Yeah. <laughs> like you were saying, they poked the bear. They poked the wrong bear. Yeah, it it was weird how it all unfolded. But, you know, the Lakers... I, I still am not optimistic for how it's going to look for them. Like, they got kind of – I'm not going to say they got lucky, but the way everything unfolded for them, I feel like, helped them out a lot. Like, to be able to get something to rile them up there during the series, to get LeBron feeling a certain kind of way. Um, you know, the as you mentioned, the Grizz, Grizzlies had some injuries there that they – Really just couldn't afford to overcome. So I, we'll see. I guess you never know. If someone in the next series says something stupid to LeBron, maybe he can, you know, go to the fountain of youth again because he looked different the last couple of games. Yeah. He is a uh, – he's really good at basketball. And, and maybe that's why Dylan Brooks, don't, don't challenge the basketball gods like that, man. 
They will smite you. I warned you, Dylan Brooks. Don't do it. And now everyone, right? I don't respect. I won't respect. He's old. I don't respect anyone until they give me 40. Well, you lost by 40. Everyone made the same joke. (laughs) We all had the same joke ready to roll, right? Watch it. Watching them roll over after talking all that noise. Yikes. And if I was a Grizzlies fan, which thank God I'm not, I would be, I'd be really disappointed in the team laying down like that. I know. That's, I mean, they lay down just. Dylan Brooks just couldn't stay quiet. Just had had to get LeBron James riled up. <laughs> just had to do it. And now it looks like the Lakers may be able to make some noise in the playoffs. Uh, who knows? Uh, Anthony Davis is playing really well. Austin Reeves, dude is balling. I know he's making money, but dude is making money. Grizzlies. I think he's up for a contract this off season, right? Oh yeah. Oh, he's going to get paid. Yep. Guess, guess who also is now an unrestricted free agent. Brooks. Brooks. <laughs> it, 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 the, uh, the outlook has changed over the last week or so. For yeah. <laughs> yeah. And how about that? What you got? I, I kind of feel bad for him. I and don't. I, I know talk he, all that noise and then play terrible basketball and then did not own any of it after any, those those three road losses that they had. He didn't do media after any of them. I I, I know that. How can you I, feel bad for that guy? What a clown! Because that's clown behavior, Ted. It's talk all that noise, behavior. get worked. And not say anything, but the the punishment does not fit the crime. He like the worst thing you can go through is public humiliation for having said something stupid and not be able to own up to it. Like that is punishment enough. But now it's going to cost him a ton of money. Like I don't know how much, but it's going to cost him a lot of money. Oh yeah, that's the part I feel bad about. I don't. It's a lesson. Let this be a lesson to those out there watching. I, My son's about to be two in June. I tell him this all the time. Son, life's about choices and consequences from those choices you make. Right? If you eat the mac and cheese, I told you, hey, you have to eat three pieces of mac and cheese in order to get the applesauce, son. Right? So if you don't eat the three, three pieces of mac and cheese, what happens? You don't get the applesauce. It's simple. It's simple. Life, hey, choices, consequences. Dylan Brooks, no one, no one made you say anything about LeBron James. You chose that path. That was your choice and your choice alone to call him old and to challenge him publicly the way that you did. And now, with the way that you acted after getting absolutely worked in the series from that point on, you must live with the consequences of your actions and your decision-making. It's a good learning experience for him and other young players out there. Save yourself some money. That cost him a lot of money. You're right. I hadn't really thought about how much, but it's, it's more than zero. I know that. It's way more than zero. Yeah, because he went from a guy like, oh, man, he can add an edge to our team to, do we want that guy on our team? Do we? 
do we want do we want those problems? <laughs> Maybe he can take us from uh, one of the top seeds to out of the playoffs in the first round. How about that? That's the yeah. guy we want to add. Yeah. All right. <laughs> On that note, episode 313 in the books. We'll have a new podcast that'll drop Wednesday. Just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from 3 to 6 on 94.7 The Ref. You can hear me from 2 to 5 on Sirius XM Big 12 Radio, channel 375. Hope you all have an awesome week. And until next time, we appreciate y'all for listening. Do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other.